Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. Uh, this is Max Frost. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. It nearly didn't happen, Max, well, as you'll discover. Yeah. Left his sickbed uh, to be here. Uh, more on that uh, shortly. Um, we also Did spoke... you go in too much on that today? <laughs> no, I think, you've, I think you've forgotten about it, which is good. We've taken your mind <laughs> off it as the show went on. Yeah. It became less of an issue. Gennaro Costaldo joined us from uh, the BPI, and we talked about European Championship anthems, uh, a new one is coming up soon, and we talked about that and played some from the past. Uh, Danny Kelly was on fine form as he looked back on the career of a sporting great in his My Sporting Life archive chat. And, of course, we had uh, a couple of conversations, one of which uh, elephants featured quite prominently (laughs) in one of them. (laughs) And we looked back on last night's football, and that's just about it. Here it all is. Everyone, good afternoon, Max. And yes, you have. Um, I, you know, they say people of a certain age are fairly unaffected by the first jab, but, but those are slightly younger, like yourself, um, can get a bad reaction. And, and yeah, so for those about to have it, yeah. tell us about your so I experience. Had Moderna. Oh, well, you uh, went down so that a hipster. I mean, it wasn't. Oh, I didn't choose oh. it. It's just what I was given. Yeah. Uh, and I had it about two o'clock yesterday afternoon, and I felt absolutely fine. Mm. I thought, what's all the fuss about? There's no issue here. I, I did a bit of work last night, and then I, I watched the game. So my analysis of yeah. the game will be forensic. Don't worry. Yeah, of course. Of and course. then at about three o'clock this morning, I woke up. I felt like someone had shot me in the arm, oh. and then I was sweating and shivering, and you know, and and, and I thought, should I? You know, it, this is this may be a yeah. bit like Harry Kane playing in the Champions League final. Well, we'll find out. Only for the next three hours. Ronaldo in '98. Yeah. You know, is it selfish? But the thing is, you know, it's kind of reportage, isn't it? This is what people are going through. Yeah. I thought it'd be like it's interesting journalism to see how mm. I cope, you know, under the pressure of live radio. And obviously, I'll take a back seat here. So it's a great opportunity, Paul, for you to really spread your wings. Yeah. <laughs> and this is me. I can do songs from the shows. Isn't it rich? And telling stories of the, the different actors and this actresses like an, I've worked with, despite the fact that win. I haven't. It's an it audience would be great. Ask me any questions you like. It was a triumph. And I said to Elaine Stritch, it's, uh, it'd be one of them. Yeah, uh, well, it won't be, of course, I'm because... I'm really looking forward to this. I think it could be marvellous. And you didn't have a good mm. night's sleep either, so look, we're setting, the, yeah. we're setting the bar very low today. 
Set your expectations. I often find, Andy and I have always said, any other job, over the years when one of us has felt a bit ill in the morning, you think, you don't want to let the other one down, you've Mm. got to find a late replacement, you've done... So you say, I'll do it, I'll do the show, you know. It does focus on me not getting paid. I won't won't rule that out if you don't turn up. Oh, I don't get paid. I don't get paid for this. I I knew you did it for love. But also... um, uh, yeah, you, any other show we say, but generally when you're on air, the old adrenaline gets going. You'll feel you'll feel terrible uh, after four o'clock. Let me tell you that now. But for the next three hours, Max, I'll I'll keep your spirits oh, up. If thanks I so can. much. I used to do a breakfast show with uh, Joe Good. Um, oh yeah, and she yeah. used to be in Crossroads. I remember Joe, and yeah. she used to say Doctor Footlights. That's what they said in the theatre. Yeah, Doctor Footlights. I think that's possibly so, what know, we're talking about. I won't about mention here. it again. Anyway, as we mm. said, that the uh, the Bert Troutman Awards uh, this year does go to Max for turning up today. He was touch and go early, but here he is. Um, we watched a game of football last night. I was just saying to Trevor um, Sinclair outside there. What about we were all saying? What about the orange ball? Where's the orange ball? Okay. Now, when you wait for descend on a stadium, I know from my Chelsea days, they bring an army of people. They have got every box ticked, and you think there's so many of them they could not left uh, anything behind. But they've left the orange ball behind. They obviously thought May, not as Trevor said, they don't know Manchester, that hailstones <laughs> and snow is fairly common well, in May. I think Sheffrin has to go for this kind of... I think of, he should. Is, I know, think he should. One it's, of, it's somebody in a blazer is going to be getting clogged mm-hmm. at UA for the day for not having the orange ball. That's why the blazers went out half-time, didn't they, to sort of sweep yeah. the, the, the ground with their with their slip-on shoes. They probably did. That. And actually, maybe, maybe had they not gone on... Yeah. Then th- that ball to Foden and the run down the line, it, it might mm. have held up. So maybe they're the real stars. Because that was a frustration game. in the first half that neither team could get get the old passes going because the surface wasn't open. It was getting stuck a little bit. And you thought, this game, the spectacle, especially after City scored and PSG came back and worked hard and you know, they treated it like the 89th minute. You thought, you know, the, the spectacle deserves a better surface than this, but, you know, what yeah. can you do about the weather? But, I mean, there were so many brilliant City performances, weren't there? I mean, Ruben Diaz sort of proving that he would take a bullet for the president during, yeah. <laughs> during that game. That's right. Um, Fernandinho is 36. I mean, mm. that's mad, isn't it? And, you know, he, on the S. Housery scale, I mean, he's just sort of, he's unbelievable yeah. at that, isn't he? Not to get booked. He's committing all no, these fouls just, yeah, that nobody notices. He does it with a smile on his yeah. face, didn't he? Maybe that's where other players have gone wrong. Maybe there's, there's certain players, like Sergio Ramos, we'll see him tonight. His trademark move, now it's not a sly little uh, touch on the Achilles. No. His trademark move is a forearm smash. <laughs> How can you constantly get away with, you, you might call it a body check, but often. He's, I've seen him forearm smash people a dozen times and he still stays on the pitch we may see tonight he'll get stuck into someone won't he? he'll, he'll cut off Havertz or uh, yeah. or um, Werner I mean, to be fair Ramos has been sent off a few times he has been but not he? maybe as many as no. he should have been some Fernandinho players just get like, away with it like Alan Smith or Gary Lineker <laughs> yeah. isn't he it's amazing <laughs> sort of feel a bit obviously the meltdown from PSG and we'll talk to Philippe in a second about it yeah. is, is ridiculous and it, you know it's very Sunday league I was tweeting yesterday I don't imagine they'll be in the bar you know, waiting for the raffle after yeah. that game. You <laughs> they know, didn't stick around they, for food. They after. won't shower. They'll just they'll get in <laughs> yeah. Neymar's Ford Orion and just be out of there. There'll be one of them. One of the players will be sat there on his own because he's bought a ticket for the scratch card and said, no, "I really should." Or maybe Di, Di Maria went up to the ref and said, "Look, if I get you a pint, will yeah. you not put will you not put it through?" <laughs> it's possible, but it was some meltdown, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, it was. Yeah, we'll say it. Um, we'll talk to uh, Philippe McClare about that. Uh, but uh, from a City point of view, sensational performance. Um, and uh, what a ball from Foden for oh, that 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 second what goal a ball from Edison. Yeah, what a ball from Edison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was um, it was a, yeah, great performance by them. And th- th- 
the omens are good from City's point of view because they go to Istanbul with reserve keeper Scott Carson. Yes. Scott Carson was last in the Champions League final in Istanbul with Liverpool. We all know how that turned out, mm-hmm. of course. So he is a good uh, omen. So uh, taking Scott Carson to Istanbul is very much a surefire way of coming home with a trophy. And um, I've, I've taken Scott Carson to Istanbul. Struck me as we were talking about it earlier as a bit of a euphemism, doesn't it? <laughs> so and if you want to paint the scenarios in which you might use that, I mean, I went very much route one, uh, returning. Ten minutes after leaving the room with the paper under your arm, Sam, where you been? So, oh, so, sorry about that, lads. I just had to take Scott Carson to Istanbul. You get the idea with that. So um, let us know the scenario in which you're allowed to complete the sentence. Um, I'm just taking, or I've indeed just taken Scott within reason. Obviously, considering the time of day, taking Scott Carson to Istanbul. That's not the only thing I'm going to ask you this afternoon. We do want your bad-tempered matches. Mm-hmm. Most of the ones we've got have involved the police or extreme violence. Yes, one and or two. Can we have feature- no weaponry? Yeah, no machetes. I mean, it's obviously this is kind of you know fairly fluffy, pointless daytime radio most of the time, and the idea of chasing people around a car park with a machete is clearly not what we've asked for. Uh, as Stuart Pierce would say, keep it humourable. Um, we also want uh, from you um, colours you avoid. Um, look, Sergio Romero, the goalkeeper at Manchester United, is driving a light blue Hummer around Manchester. Is, now, look, he is Argentinian, mm-hmm. so we'll cut him some slack. But it is also the colours of uh, United's uh, City rivals. Yeah. And you were telling me about your pants this um, morning. The oh. red-banded pants. Yes. Now, that it's not a bird. No. Um, it's something I was bought in a, in a box of undercrackers a while back, okay. and it has a red band, okay. and I'm not massively keen on oh, red. Where are they from? I can't remember. Oh, wow. I can't remember. Just, it was like some Christmas gift. Okay, that's sweet. But the red-banded pant is not worn on days when the goons are playing because I fear that it's going to give them some kind of... I, I, think, I always think to myself, just before Arteta sends them out, he says... Don't forget, Hawksby's wearing his red-banded pants today, so, you know, we're one goal up already. <laughs> I think I just won't take... I know it's stupid, yes. and I'll, I'll go into the pant drawer. I'll go into the pant library. What if there was no clean pants but the there's red... Always, there's always clean pants. <laughs> okay, right. That's one thing I insist on. <laughs> but no, there's... But, yeah, I go into the pant drawer, and I just think, oh, the goons are playing today. And you'll wear it on another tonight. day? You will wear oh, yeah. the red... Okay. As long as they're not the in red-banded action. It's pathetic, pants. isn't it? Okay, it's Grown men. pathetic, yeah. But I just think, why tempt fate? Because if I see they run out three or four nil winners, I'm thinking it's the red banded pants. 100%. So um, we've got a bit of audio. Can we? Have we got that? Have we got that for you? Can we do that very quickly? Or do you think we possibly can? We're going to play you something now, which was sent to us when we got talking about this earlier on. This is a Newcastle fan. Yes. I think the red banded pant is pushing it. Listen to this. I won't wear anything red. So I don't. I don't. I don't have anything red in my wardrobe. I don't eat bacon because it's red. I don't even like tomatoes because they're red. I just don't have anything red in my life. Better dead than red. <laughs> well, um, it doesn't have to be red. It, it can be any colour you like. But yeah. don't eat bacon because it's red. Um, anyway, let us know this afternoon the colours you avoid and the lengths you go to um, and uh, the the things that have kicked off in games but didn't obviously go too far. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J and those scenarios which allow you to say, I've just taken Scott Carson to Istanbul. <laughs> Um, it is Paul Hawksby, about 95%, I'd say, and warming up. Um, Max Rushton, based, well, I've, I've, I'm in the gutter, I'm about 50%. 75, I'd yeah. say about 75, yeah, okay, 80, which okay. is pretty oh, good. Thanks but for that. that, that so stick around. He, he, you know, he, he may be 
stick into the I've bin. Had, I've had four or six paracetamol, I can't remember. So <laughs> I'm going to have a couple more at three. Could go a bit, could go, could go could a bit, go, Alan yeah. Partridge. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. So, the official uh, Euro 2020, albeit a year delayed, um, anthem will be released soon. Uh, news today has emerged that uh, Martin Garrix, no, me neither, but then I'm of a certain age, Bono and the Edge, yeah, I'm very much okay, yeah. aware of I'm their aware work, of uh, have, have um, recorded the song. And um, how well do they do? How memorable are they? We discover how memorable they are in a few moments' time. But joining us now... Communications Director of the BPI, the British Phonographic... Uh, it's it's uh, Gennaro Costaldo joining us. Good afternoon, Gennaro. Good afternoon. Well pronounced. Yes. Um, so, uh, do these stick in your memory? I mean, World Cup songs maybe over the years have, and Three Lions probably has. Uh, but yeah. beyond that, in the last sort of four um, Euro official anthems, do, do any of them stick with you, Gennaro? Uh, not especially. I think, yeah, you probably do have to go back to the sort of high watermark of the, uh, the the 90s. Obviously, Three Lions, 96, got to number one. Then it got reissued for the World Cup two years later and got to number one again. Um, so I think that's the one that most of us really remember. Obviously, there was sort of World in Motion, which was the, for the World Cup in 1990. I guess it, it depends on a number of things. One is the quality of the song, just how brilliant it is, how anthemic it is, how what it does in the charts and kind of somehow captures the sort of public mood. Uh, but it's also about what the team themselves are actually doing and whether there's optimism around them. And clearly there was a, around that time in the 90s. And I sense strongly that that's coming once again. There's a genuine belief that not only can this team sort of do very well, but they probably are one of the very best sides in the world. And with England playing at home and the World Cup, oh, sorry, the, the championships taking place here, uh, I think everything is sort of set uh, for, for things to sort of take off. And 
I, I've not heard this song yet, but if it's got Bono and the Edge in, then I mean, clearly that speaks a great deal about its credentials, yeah. and you would imagine it's going to be a belter. It's uh, it's called We Are the People We've Been Waiting. I would right. imagine with a nod to the fact that it's it's a year later, and I think uh, Martin yeah. Garrix is, is a DJ, and he's put it together, and they've come in and guessed it on the vocals. This is for the this is like the official UEFA this will be the one, official right. UEFA okay. anthem. Do you? I might just give you a flavour um, of an earlier one. Right. Uh, do, do you want to hear one from I back would in love the day? To, yeah. Let's see, Gennaro, whether this rings any bells for you. I think we're going to take you back to is this two thousand and four. I think we're going to go back to two thousand and four. Have a listen to this. Is that Bewitched? No, it's not. It's uh, Nelly Furtado. All right, thanks, um, Forza, which was Portugal 2004. Right, okay. That kind of vaguely rings a bell, but uh, nothing, not, nothing not for me. Gennaro, does it ring any bells with you? It doesn't. I think you also have to distinguish between the official kind of England song, yeah, and very good and very successful, and the kind of the, the one I wonder if they do kind of some of these songs, we'll play a couple more in a minute, and some of them are kind of the sort of things you hear if you go into a sort of Spanish bar. Uh, right, and okay. they, they're very kind of Euro disco-y, and I would imagine they do quite well, maybe a bit more, uh, a bit better maybe on the, on the continent. I just can't than imagine here. how depressing the UEFA meeting would be with the suits in UEFA yeah. just playing these tracks well, we can't to trust cool. them to bring an orange ball to no, Manchester. Absolutely. So let's hear 2008, shall we? This is, I don't know if it's a nod to Delia. It's called Can You Hear Me? And it's Enrique Iglesias. This was for Austria, Switzerland, of course, the well-known uh, Austro-Swiss Enrique Iglesias. Let's have a listen to this. Again, Paul. I mean, that sounds like about three thousand different songs. The thing is, that could have, it doesn't really speak. It doesn't really feel of the time. That could have been two thousand four. It could have been last week. It's just, um, it's a bit sort of generic. Gennaro. It seems to be the kind of theme. I suppose they have to be fairly antiseptic because they've got to get past the UEFA Blazers, really. Yeah, there's all that, and I guess you want to sort of make it. You know, appeal to the whole world so you end up really appealing to nobody in a way I think yeah I think that's a perfect word something out. the question is obviously like three lines it's obviously such a brilliant song yeah but if McAllister's penalty goes in yeah right and England fall out of the group stages mm. do we remember that song well it, it is a song about it is a song about failure yeah isn't it ultimately it's yeah. a song about belief but ultimately it's a song about failure and so they cope but failure so maybe that maybe would have fed would, into yeah. it if Gary Mack had scored and, and, and Scotland because had it, it's a coincidence that yeah. New Order was 1990 and that was another brilliant tournament for us and yeah. 96 was three mm. lines maybe maybe that's the deciding point we need a good yeah. s- song unofficial or official and if we don't have that we're not going to get anywhere do you want to hear um, the 2012 Poland Ukraine yes please uh, Endless Summer <laughs> Uh, Oceana were the band. I don't right. need to tell you that. Let's, uh, let's have a listen. See if this was a, a real departure from the norm. It's an exercise class in a Spanish hotel, isn't it? <laughs> Mum, where's Mum? She's in the pool. She's doing exercise class. <laughs> water aerobics. Um, I, think, I think there's a thing yeah. developing here, isn't there, in terms yeah. of style of music? But there's no way that Bono and the Edge are going to put their, their, their kind of their skills to something yeah. like that. It's, it's going to be a, a pretty remarkable song. But I make a prediction that if England do well or go or they go on to win, three lines will get to number one in the charts because we're streaming. <laughs> songs will come back. 
and that's what people will gravitate to. So that's my prediction. We had that in the World Cup, of course, uh, uh, didn't we, where it came back to the fore. Let's just bring you the one from 2016, France. This one's for you. David Guetta. I've gone with his own uh, personal pronunciation yeah. before people get on my back. Uh, it also features, uh, I think it was written by Afrojack. Of right. course. Um, and, yeah, this one's for you. Uh, Zara Larson, David Guetta. Here we go. This is a song that lends itself to kids waving flags on a pitch and forming uh, a map in the shape of France. We're sort of buffeting um, a, a really large... Like the Champions yes, League ball. Absolutely, we're waving yeah. a massive yeah, canvas I in agree. the middle of the field. It, they're, they're, oh, and it moves me. They're songs written for opening ceremonies, but they say they're just... They're yeah. a bit, they sound like they've all been written by UEFA's computer, Gennaro. Absolutely. Ultimately, you want a song that the fans can sing on the terraces. Yeah. Uh, that that's the sort of the winning formula and that's why three lines were so huge and even uh well you know back home or whatever those classic songs you could sing them and i think that these other ones they're very worthy but as you said they're yeah. ideal for opening ceremonies and fancy fireworks and stuff but they're not really going to sort of get the, the fans in their heart and soul are they and you're right maybe the kind of global profile of bono and the edge although you know enrique Iglesias and people like that are big names david get a big name and i don't know if they shifted lots of copies of this but it, it is two members of you too it, it'll probably get it a bit more notoriety than we've seen and this is the it's first one that's been pan-european sure. isn't it this is the first time we've had a pan-european tournament not quite as pan as we'd hoped with the <laughs> virus but we're going to see it played in different countries it's not in one country, so I don't know if that'll make any difference. Yeah, and I, I think it, it's an interesting departure because a lot of the songs you've been playing and these more UEFA FIFA ones tend to be a bit sort of Latin. And I remember you know, Ricky Martin and La Vida Loca, you know, or the Cup of Life, yeah. wasn't it? Um, so they, they, they tend to go for that slightly more global Hispanic sound. But I think if they've got the edge and, and uh, Bono, it's, it's going to sound totally different, obviously heavy guitar based. So I'm really intrigued to hear what it's like. Yeah. Uh, Gennaro, good to talk thank to you. Thank you, Join us. Thanks very Thanks, much. Thank you. Uh, Gennaro Costaldo there from uh, the British phonographic industry with his thoughts on the song. Uh, we'll hear it in the fullness of time. I should hope so. Uh, do we, do, will we get a list of unofficial ones as well? We'll listen through to them. Yeah. Like to we were on top of the pops, you Talk sport generally. Get, we were on top of the pops, yeah. Um, you come on Andy. England. Um, okay. Me and Andy and Quinny and all the talk sport presenters of that sort of era. Wow, is that like um, Come On Eileen Andy cover, decided he would mess with the... Because it was a pre-record to be played out on top of the pops, and Andy decided he would mess with the edit because they were going around sort of shooting stuff. and So Andy kept moving around in the line-up to make it difficult to edit. What a piece ruin, of work. Ruin the continuity of Top of the Pops. Did anyone notice? So he just, I don't know. I don't know if anybody just kept seeing Andy pop up. I think, obviously, he just wanted to pop up in more of the pictures. But oh, um, was it a great moment for you? Well, it's it's a box we to tick, we it? got to number two. Well, well um, done. Britney was number one. Right, I can't okay. remember this. It wasn't one of her big hits. Okay. You know, it wasn't. You know, it was one of her B sides. It was. It was kind right, of one of okay. her minor hits, but still got to number one over us. Oh. But it was a fairly bizarre experience going on top of the pops. Who else was on that show that day? Do you oh, I'll, I'll, shall I look it up? Yeah, I don't know. know. It's all what a blur. Year, what year what are we era? Two thousand and six. It would have been right. Okay. I'll look it up. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, the good news is that Danny Kelly's excellent My Sporting Life series of long-form interviews with uh, sports great and good are available on the TalkSport app. You can download it wherever you get your apps and listen to uh, some selected uh, My Sporting Lives at your leisure. Uh, Danny joins us every week to dip into the archive. Good afternoon, Dan. 
Hello, chaps. All good? Yeah, not too well, bad. Thank now you, you ask, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Max has yeah. Had, he had the jab. I know, Danny, how was, very quickly, I know you had the jab. Your first Monday, one quite... Yeah. All good? No no reaction? Absolutely. Very very yeah. well organised uh, over here. If they finally got the, 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 got the supplies, it's really good. Mm. And I have to say, for those of you worried about it, um, it doesn't hurt. And here we are 36 hours later... Um, and I've had absolutely no side effects, although I am broadcasting it to you now without the need of a microphone. <laughs> of course, picking up Radio Luxembourg. <laughs> on my, on my earlobes, yes. yes. <laughs> well, Max is struggling. Old mate Georgie Bingham says she's been laid low for 24 hours. It affects it's ama- different people in different it's ways. It's amazing. And, and there, there's the fact. I have, I have identical twin brothers. Mm. Um, they went to get the same vaccine the same day at the same centre. One of them was laid low. He's fine now. The other one, oh. no effect at all, playing golf the next morning. So um, you, you just it's a little bit of potluck, I guess, but the long-term benefits, I think, far outweigh any any temporary inconveniences. 100%. We could be having this conversation at the bus stop, so we'll move on. <laughs> and many people probably If, if only, Paul, <laughs> if only. Uh, now, the, the man who skippered our club when I first started going on a regular yeah. basis, Mullers, uh, the great Alan Mullery, uh, is, yeah, is I, the topic well, of this one. Absolutely, and this, he, he was one I was very joyful joyful to do because he's a football uh, a football personality. I think is in danger of fading into the into the grey background of history. But he scored a goal for England in the quarter final of a World Cup. He captained an English team to a European title. Um, he he's the source of all that terrible rivalry between Crystal Palace and Brighton. Um, he also, as we'll no doubt be hearing, um, is uh, infamous for one other incident. Um, so I, I was glad to do Alan because it was a danger. I thought that he would disappear into obscurity, mm. and in fact, he was. It was it was a, it was a, a very nice interview. Very interesting and good man. And it went to some very dark places. I know we're not yeah. going to play out this afternoon, but I warn you if you uh, listen to the interview. I mean, I was absolutely shocked when he told me how the, the, the place he'd got to in his life um, a, a little later on. But uh, it was a really good interview. Yes, yeah, so, well, we'll kick off with the football because he has a certain infamy in the world of uh, international football and uh, mm. he became the first England player to be sent off. This is what he said. I blame the Yugoslavs for that because basically they kicked lumps out of us throughout the game. I mean, over-the-top tackles, whatever they had on those studs wasn't very nice because every time he went into a tackle, he came away bleeding. With a minute to go, we're losing 1-0 and, and we'd had enough of it, basically. And I was on the halfway line facing my own goal. Bobby Moore knocked me the ball and he shouted up your back, so I knocked it straight back to him. And then this fellow uh, came down the back of my left leg, my standing leg. There were two or three great holes you know, there. Still got the scars. A man actually. called Trivich. Trivich, I'll always remember him because if I ever meet him, I'm going to run him over You know, <laughs> after all these years. Good for you. Alan, yeah. and, and literally turned round and accidentally kicked him in the netherals. Yeah. And literally he went down like a sack of spuds, as they would. Referee was standing literally, you no, know, from the distance you are from me, two yards. And he should just show me the red card. And as I was walking off, I thought, what have I done? You know, the first person ever sent off playing for England at senior level. I've let the side down, even though there was only a minute to go. Um, I've let Alf down. And literally uh, every supporter that was there I'd let down as well. As we got into the dressing room, I jumped in the big communal bath. I felt a hand grab me by the hair and lift me from under the water. And it was Elf. And he said, I'm delighted that somebody has kicked those so-and-sos when they deserved it and dropped me back in the water. And I got fined 50 quid. 
Well, you know, I wonder if Fernandinho had kicked someone in the Netherlands last night, he would have got away with it. Wouldn't have got a yellow card. Oh, probably, absolutely. Yeah. Play on. Yeah, Play on. The Netherlands. I've got to say, just think about that, though. Um, that was mid-70s. Hmm. Um, no England player had been sent off in almost a century of international football. Yeah. How things have changed. I know, that's very true. Um, yeah. He had a very successful career in management. He's often cited hmm. in the, the bad blood between Brighton and Palace, isn't he? Oh, yeah. And that, that no, particular no, no, derby. Yeah, the main reason, they yeah, are told. Of yeah. course, um, but um, he, 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 he talked to you about it, sort of missing out oh, on managerial is, jobs. Absolutely. This is a great story, and I'll let Alan tell it. But essentially, he goes to West Bromwich Albion, and for reasons that should become very plain very quickly, doesn't quite get the job. I get a phone call from West Brom. Could I apply for the job? Because Ron had left. So I get up to West Brom. Ronnie Allen and me, we're the final two. So in I go. They give me all the brochures on the houses give me all the school brochures and things like private schools and so give us 15 minutes we'll be out with you I go and sit outside Ronnie Allen was sitting there and he went in for about half an hour uh, he came out after about he was white he was absolutely ashen white and I said you okay Ronnie he said no he said, I've had a big shock in there Alan he said you know I've been grilled he said I can't believe it I was a player at this club and I thought to myself well that's bad luck mate you know it's mine the fella came out Tony Rance the secretary he shook me by the hand he said I'm sorry Alan he said Ronnie's got the job I didn't know what I just turned around and said, Congratulations, Ron. Got on a, on a, a in a taxi, got home about eight o'clock that night. And the missus said to me, She said, There's been a fella called Brian Boundy phoning you all the time, you know. Who? I said, Well, he's on the board of West Brom. So I had to phone him back. So I said, Mr. Boundy, I said, It's Alan Mullery. He said, Alan, he said, We made a terrible mistake. What? I said, What do you mean you made a mistake? He said, We told the Tony Rats to go out and tell Alan he got the job and he gave it to the wrong Alan. Oh, no. I said, What are you going to do about it? He said, We can't do anything. He said, The chairman's having his picture taken on the pitch with Ronnie Allen. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Brilliant. Did, did Tottenham give it to the wrong Jose? Who was it oh, meant for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the next time you see these these uh, club chairman and directors of football uh, with their clip clipboards and their computers, uh, apparently going to great lengths to scour the earth for the right man. Bear yeah. that story in mind. <laughs> oh, football is not the science it's made out to oh, be, is oh, it? That was great. We do we do recommend you go and listen to the Mullers. As, as, yeah, as Danny very said, good. there are some. I, I, knowing Alan and, and having read his book, uh, it does go to some dark places. But it's it's yeah. it's a fascinating uh, fascinating listen. We. We, we normally play three clips, but we're, we're yes. going to just cut this short slightly because we want to talk to you about Alan McLaughlin. You, you knew Alan, and we did as well. Yeah. He was a regular guest over the years on the show, always happy to talk Ireland and Pompey and more. And he was... Uh, and uh, did so many of the tributes today, Danny, just saying... I mean, ultimately, you know, a, a, a great footballer, and we'll play the goal that, that, uh, yes. that, that Ireland loves him for. But so many people just saying... Lovely guy, and I think most of us will take that as uh, as an epitaph. And do you know which of us, when we get to the end, to the terminus of this particular journey, wouldn't settle for that from everybody who knows to say uh, he or she, great person. That would be a great thing. And, and Alan absolutely deserved that. I mean, I worked with him lots of times in person, sometimes on the phone, and he was just a, a person who just wanted to do the best that he could for you and for the listeners uh, in that scale. But what I have to tell you, and you're going to play the goal in a second, though, it is impossible to mm. gauge how important he is in this country, in the Republic of Ireland, because not only do Ireland not qualify for many, many, many of these big tournaments, and he was the person who got the goal, but he also did it against the local rivals in the north of Ireland, and also in Belfast, in an atmosphere that I'm told was the second most poisonous, most people can remember a football match taking place in. The most poisonous, of course, being when the England fans smashed up the, uh, the ground in Dublin. You'll all remember that as well. Mm. 
Um, for him to be the person, not Roy Keane, not any of the superstars in the team, you know, had a pretty good squad in those days, but a player who was you know, a very good footballer without ever really approaching superstardom to get the goal, he is an absolute legend in this country and people are devastated. Absolutely. Danny, well said, we will catch up with you next week. Thanks for joining us. Bless you all. Keep well. Danny Kelly there. You can download the uh, My Sporting Life archive, as we said, from the talks. But we will uh, take you into the news and sport with uh, Alan McLaughlin's goal for the Republic of Ireland against Northern Ireland back in 1993, which sealed qualification to the World Cup in the USA. Irwin with the free kick. Oh, it's a great goal by Alan McLaughlin, the substitute. It's 1-1. And the Republic live again. Oh, what an occasion for McLaughlin. His 15th cap for the Republic. And the Portsmouth player hit that so truly. Maybe a 1-1 result would be the perfect outcome. And it is a 1-1 draw. And the Republic celebrate what they believe is a passage to the World Cup in the United States. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You're telling us this afternoon after the uh, Sydney PSG game got a pretty bad-tempered uh, last night. I mean, mainly from the PSG angle, but there was that Zinchenko moment where you mm. felt like, calm down, Fernandinho got into him and he just he completely lost it, didn't he? It was the injustice of what had gone on because he'd clearly done nothing and they were trying to make something out of it, but we thought... Come on, calm down because you could easily have seen go ten aside. You could have done, couldn't no, you? No, exactly. But anyway, they, he, he calmed down, and you saw how emotional he was at the end. Um, and you're telling us about those. You know, we don't we don't want it turning into a police action. Uh, Matt though says I played in the Sunday league game. We're at the final whistle. Uh, the ref threw his cards and whistle on the floor and said, "Come on, then, lads. I'm not the ref anymore." And squared <laughs> up to our centre half. <laughs> Rob says I had to mark a guy who was appearing in his first game since coming out of prison. He stood on my feet at the first place where I couldn't move and told me he was going to eat me alive. Thankfully, he got sent off a few minutes later for a two-footed tackle. Phew, <laughs> he says. I, I'm some pressure on the... Sh- I said earlier, you know, that you know, I'm, I'm not 100%. Yeah. So we might just phone it in today. But yeah. Barca Jim, friend of the show, <laughs> yeah. has... A, a, I don't know if you realise the pressure that we're under. If mm. you listen to TalkSport on the app, do you know what it says about this show? No. It says, Hawksby and Rushton serve up sports news, big guests and more. Then it says, it's the reason afternoons exist. It, I mean, that's quite Blimey. big, that's, isn't it? That's a, lot, a lot of, that's a lot of pressure. I it's, thought it was something to do with the tides. It was about the concept of time yeah. and tides and it some was. way of getting from lunch to the evening, yeah, wasn't it? But just actually, some kind of bridge. Who knew that, that this is the reason that afternoons exist? I mean, saying if wow. if this show stopped, I'll look up Wikipedia. I'll look I up would. Wikipedia afternoons and if see would, see if we're, we're at the top. Okay, the derivation so. of afternoons. While you so do that, look, okay, uh, yeah. I'll give you some news from the A League in Australia um, <clears> uh, regarding Tony Sage, who is the owner of Perth Glory. <clears> he is banned <clears> from attending the game as an owner. Okay, when they face uh, Melbourne City at HBF Park <clears> tonight, I think it is under strict. COVID rules, Sage is not allowed into the stadium as the owner of the che- owner or chairman mm. when they play behind closed doors. But he can 
go as a ball boy. So he's swapping his jacket and tie for a tracksuit and he's going to be a ball boy, the owner of Perth Glory. Isn't that absolutely brilliant? I can't go, it's a joke, he said. It would be the first home game I'd have missed in 14 years and I'm not missing it. My name was put forward as the owner and then as the chairman we were told I was not a required person. So when you're watching the game tonight, you'll see me as a ball boy. We kicked out a ball kid and I'm taking their place. Oh, it's a bit hard. Should we have a chat with him tomorrow? Well, if we can, why yeah. Not? I mean, it, uh, Perth. What's the time difference? You know, Australian things. So, I think it's about nine. Okay. Well, look, we'll get him early. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that. Anyway, I've looked it up. Okay. Um, Wikipedia. Afternoon is the time of day between noon and evening. Yes. Uh, it's the time when the sun is descending from its peak in the sky to somewhat before its terminus at the horizon of the west. In human life, it occupies roughly the latter half of the standard work and school day. In literal terms, it refers to a time specifically afternoon. The equivalent of Earth's afternoon on another planet would refer to the time the principal star of that planetary system would be in descent from its prime meridian, yes. as seen by the planet's surface. And then it says <laughs> of course. it exists because of um, Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton on TalkSport. So, How will Andy feel about that? I don't know. Is I don't not, know. The, the reason afternoons exist. Surely afternoons existed. <clears throat> well, when, what, I don't what remember came, that being there. What came first, I mean, afternoons or Hawksby and Jacobs? It's quite difficult for him to see it as anything but a slight. It is a slight. Yeah. But, but you guys have been doing this show for a long time. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know what came first, yeah. afternoons But he used or... to say when we did it, it's yeah. the reason why afternoons are boring. Right. <laughs> no, it didn't, Andy. Now, now Calm down. Here is, a, here is a question. You may have seen this doing the rounds on social yeah. media. Uh, someone called Beta saying, definitely the most bizarre question I have seen on a job application. It's an mm. online job application. Yeah. I'd like to ask it to you now, Paul. Oh, yeah. uh, this is a required question, it says in red with an exclamation mark, so you have to answer the question. Mm-hmm. You've been given an elephant. You can't give it away or sell it. What would you do with the elephant? <laughs> You've been given an elephant? <laughs> You've been given an elephant. You can't give it away or sell it. What would you do with the elephant? That's, I, I, I don't have the details of what job Beta is going for. I mean, if she's okay. sort of, if she's zoo handler, sort of not a. Well, I've got two choices, haven't I? What are I, your choices? Ride well, I, the elephant. I I keep the elephant and nurture it, and uh, great considerable expense. Yes. Um, I uh, humanely have it euthanized, but that's not me. That's not me. <laughs> I don't want me. a photo of you on top astride an elephant. That's, that's not me. No. I think it tells, a, it tells a lot about a person when you've been given an elephant, where the sort of person that says, well, you know, I'll take a 12-bore shotgun to it, <laughs> or the person who says, well, if I've been given an elephant, I'll make the best of it. I you think know, so. When you're given elephants, make... El- el- you know what I mean? I mean, that is a slightly ridiculous... I mean, do you want more? I've got more elephant news for you well, in a minute, but carry on. So first. have I, so have I, believe it or not. Yeah, the yeah, Daily yeah. Star fact of the day. Oh, no, I've do got, you have that? This is a letter to the Telegraph. This oh, okay, is right. Do you, which do we go first, the Star or the Telegraph? Uh, you go first. Should we go, should we go, okay, let's do that. Okay. Sir, it starts, which oh. it doesn't, it doesn't start like that in the start. It <laughs> no, goes, it doesn't. Oi! Oi! <laughs> Um, but in, it says, Sir, in the Telegraph, uh, during my golfing days in Rhodesia around 1964, yeah, we, we gathered it was a while back, uh, hence Rhodesia, I played at Victoria Falls where the pro offered hand towels inscribed with the local golfing bylaws. Oh. And the lo- local golfing bylaws included, if an elephant trod on your ball, it could be replaced without penalty. <laughs> it's hoping. If wild pigs bit a chunk out of your ball, it could be replaced without penalty. Oh. If lions appeared... You could retire uh, beyond the three-minute delay without penalty. <laughs> Just great, isn't it? On a towel that they gave you. So if you came across any of the wildlife, you'd know what to do without uh, losing stroke. I mean, and if that lion rule wasn't there, that you know there would be some <laughs> stuffy captain on the fifteenth yeah. going, "Sorry, 
to three minutes one, <laughs> you're, you know, that's a stroke penalty. Do apologise. Yeah, well um, done, whoever sent that in. The Daily Star's slightly less detail is the fact of the day is an elephant's trunk can be up to seven feet long and holds 12 litres of water. Yeah. So don't stand close to it if it looks like it's going to sneeze. But it could be used as a water cooler well, it could, in the office. Or it could be, yeah, it's slightly recycled through an uh, elephant's trunk. <laughs> I you could slightly. use it for your garden. Get rid of your hose lock. That's true. Get rid of that in the garden and just and use the elephant. I mean, you know, the upkeep is a whole lot greater than a, than a hose. Owen says you could release it back into the wild, hashtag just saying. But, you know, not, if, you, not if you're in there, Rotherham. Yeah, I mean, you? you can't release it back into the ro- ro- uh, wild in Rotherham, can you? It's all going to work. They, it's the last thing Rotherham need at the moment. I mean, amongst all the football matches that <laughs> exactly. they're playing, they seem to be playing a match every 15 And they've got Luton and it's been called off. If the elephant treads on the ball, they can replace the ball, though, without penalty, though. So that's I'm, lucky, isn't I'm it? I'm kind of rooting for them to an extent. I know Derby fans won't be chuffed to hear that. But they've just played their 11th game in 33 days. Nearly a quarter of the Sun Tellers, nearly a quarter of their entire season has been crammed in just over a month because of COVID issues. Um, so they are up against it at the moment, aren't they? And it's not in their hands anymore, is it, really? I think after last night's game, the draw. Yes, nil-nil. Well, they need a win, don't they? And then they need to hope yeah. that Sheffield Wednesday beat Derby. Yeah. So that is oh, it's so tense. I watched a bit of um, the game, uh, Forest, um, Sheffield Wednesday last night. Tense. Yeah. Those games are getting very tense. You, you mean tense? Able... Do you mean not very good? <clears throat> it, well, it wasn't the greatest. It was, but it wasn't. There was so much riding on it. Uh, Paul from... Jiggins, our friend from the Sun, oh, says, "Surely, Paul, you, yeah, yeah. you uh, surely you say you will keep the elephant in the room." That's a very <laughs> good answer. <laughs> I don't yeah, want. But then, yes. then no one's going to talk about it, are they? That's the problem. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the uh, slight issue, and I hate to take away from Manchester City fans. Oh yeah. Um, but there are a couple of uh, bits of news from the Star today. Mm. One is uh, a twenty-one ton hundred foot Chinese rocket called Long March 5B is set to crash to Earth in days no one knows where oh, so wow. you know that's that could a, be an issue for the Champions League final yeah. and uh, Jerry Lawton writes an asteroid smashing into Earth would wipe us out there's nothing we could do to stop it so you know what's the point might as well it's just, true isn't it yeah, might as well just not play any of the games it's one way to get rid of that elephant though isn't it <laughs> not that I want to of course I'm keeping it as, as, as you know as a, as a garden so anyway it's uh, uh, yeah Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton uh, here on Talks that, did that take your mind off him for 15 minutes I really enjoyed that I enjoyed that bit That's I good. don't know if anyone else did but Probably I had a not. great time Golf Super League how depressing is that as a phrase but they're serious apparently they thought it had gone away much like the European Super League but it's back Saudi Arabian investors are back and they're throwing cash at the world's top golfers but will they buckle uh, we'll find out. Rupert Bell's been right across this for us. Um, it's uh, Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton. The reason that afternoons <laughs> exist on Talk Sport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. So all being well, you'll feel a bit better tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I don't want to use it as an excuse for the birthday spread. Well, that's. I think you're getting it in early. I'm not. You know, well, possibly. But I mean. Having learned that we are the reason that afternoons exist, well, that is extra pressure, isn't that it? That does bring a lot more pressure really on. It does. And so we'll, uh, yeah, Andy and Jeff Peters join us for the birthday spread. Plenty more. We'll look back on the football, etc. But for now, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.